in today's episode of the Modern Wealth Podcast, we're going to go through some of Jay's top stocks that he's looking at right now, the market outlook for 2024, and exactly what it takes for you to be a solid trader. If that interests you, watch more. Welcome to the Modern Wealth Podcast where we aim to empower, enrich and evolve your lives. We always have absolutely amazing guests who will empower you with strategies, with techniques, with their mindset and how they achieve incredible success in their lives. And today, we have a very, very good friend of mine, Jay, who will be sharing with you all many, many trade secrets of his including how he got his hair to be so nice and good, right? So for those of you all who don't know Jay, Jay is an incredibly good uh, you know, stock trader, right? He's fantastic. He has so many different side hustles. He makes his money through stocks, crypto, properties, so many different things. And you know, today, I really, really cannot wait to pick his brain to find out what he feels about the markets in 2024, where he sees opportunities, what are his current holdings, all this stuff and more, right? So if you're very, very interested to find out more about his insights and secrets stay tuned to this podcast let's go so jay yes thank you for coming on the show bro. it's right? good to be here i really really appreciate <laughs> you bro right you know guys i just want to share you something jay is somebody i've been following for many years yeah, i don't think he followed me la, but i follow him <laughs> your bodybuilding journey <laughs> my, body, my body journey your hair journey bro <laughs> so i've been following him for many years and you know in singapore there are many different educators who share about investing and stuff mm. But he's one of my favorites, right? He's one of my guys who I really, really like. And the reason why is because he shares and teaches from his heart. He gives and he gives even more, right? Uh, you know, he's a very, very established, renowned speaker. You know, he's always invited on circuits, you know, many, many different platforms and everything. And why? Because he gives and he shares so much with his audience, right? So, you know, I really, really, truly appreciate him that, for that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, myself, I signed up for his program. I signed up for his, you know, courses to learn more myself because I always believe in learning, right? So he's my, you know, my teacher as well, right? So very, very important. So today, uh, he's going to just be sharing a little bit about his journey, his, uh, his, his steps of how he actually achieved his success. And um, essentially, hopefully you guys can learn more as well. Right, so Jay, sorry, I keep interrupting you, bro. But uh, come, tell me, bro. So tell us, uh, for the audience who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you do, what you run, and you know, yeah. This is the most stressful question. I'm like, okay, where should I start? Sure. So my, my journey goes back to, I think slightly more than 10 years. I think it's about 12, 12 years over now. Mm. Um, I started trading the financial market or getting interested in the financial market in 2010, mm. where I was still a so-called intern at, mm. back then it was Ministry of Com Community Development, Youth and Sports. Uh, that was in between uni, right? Then, mm. you know, we have like a three, four months holiday. Yeah. I was working over there. And every day, right, I, on my way to pantry or to the lift lobby, I walk by my colleague's desk. Mm. So, I shall not name him, but uh, his name has the same initial as mine, which is J also. So, I was like, I walked by, I was like, what is this on his screen? It looks so interesting. And it was candle six. And I vividly remember it was charts that he was mm. looking at. Mm. So I walked by the first day, the second day, the third day. Mm. And because I was an intern there, I don't have to ask too many questions. Mm -hmm. right? Then finally, one day, I pluck out the courage and I say, Hey bro, what is it that you're doing? Not so interesting. What is this? Then he was like, oh, I'm trading the markets. Mm. So what market are you trading? You know, I was so excited, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is something new to me. And what markets are you trading? How do you get started? Mm. Can you teach me? That was the million dollar question. Right? Mm. Like, can you teach me, you know, since you're a friend, right? Uh, he was like, no, I cannot. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't teach you. I, I can do it for myself. But I'm able to share with you some resources that you can check it out so that you can get your journey started. So he pointed me to the 
um, all those websites that typically I think most people will go to as well. I started with babypips.com, the school of Pipsology. Mm. And although that was a Forex-centric website, but mm. I think the core principle of trading is pretty much the same. Candlestick patterns, mm. chart patterns, mm. Mm. and all this are pretty much how I started with. Like, and I suppose after my conversation with many traders, mm. many years later, right, mm. I realized that that was how many people started as well. Mm. So I'm with that. Um, knowledge of candlesticks, chart patterns, and then after that, technical mm. indicators. Mm. Mm. And I thought that was it, you know. Mm. I, I literally thought that was it, and mm. I'm ready to go. Mm. So I just jumped into the, the market, literally just jumped into the market and uh, let's figure out. So I, I had that kind of mentality, like, just jump in and figure out later. So we started with the Singapore market, and, and I, firstly, I asked him, uh, what stock should I look at? So tips, mm. and that was also through later on, I discovered that many of the traders whom I know started this way as well. Mm. They, um, they get tips from, from whatever source that they can mm. and they bang on this, mm. which this will be a talking point later. I think mm. we're going to discuss this sure. because this is going to be, some people might like what I think of it, some mm. people may not, all right? So long story short, right? I jump into the Singapore market and I haven't a chance upon, you can call this beginner luck, uh, I, I went into Genting, Singapore and back then it was like a darling stock of mm the Singapore stock market. Mm. And being a Singaporean, I was very comfortable jumping, you know, going and trading in the, the, the Singapore market. So I vividly remember it was range bounded, mm. $2, $2.25, $2, $2.25, $2, $2.25. Mm. And I did that for a couple of times. Mm. And every time my confidence grew, mm. every time um, it just reinforced the, the thinking that, hey, this is easy. Mm. Like, wow, this, this really can be it. Mm. This is easy. Mm. So, uh, it just went on all the way 2010 to 2011, right? Mm. Then come 2011, how I ventured into the US market. So one year, you were just doing like range-bound, cool to right. buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, yes. that's, that's it. Okay, and cool. it was that easy. Okay. So I thought, ah, the market is really so easy. See, candlestick patterns, support, mm. resistance, yeah. ah, oversold. Sure. I'm like, that's it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> then, um, 2011. Like, do you just go back, uh, bro? So, mm. uh, what kind of like capital do you start with? Like, were you working in a job already? Were you trading with your savings? Like, what was what was going on? So, I was um, the first position I went in. Right, it was just with two three thousand okay. dollars. That that was obviously with my savings, mm. and I was in between my year one and year two of uni. Mm. So mm. I had a, like three four months of so called internship mm. Mm. and so I was paid. Uh, obviously not as well as today, mm. but uh, that time okay lah, I mean can get by. Mm. So with whatever that I have, right, the first position, I went in with minimal size because mm. I'm still scared. Mm. Then the second position, hey, that's easy lah, first mm. one can, I reinvest everything, mm. I pump it up again. Mm. Then the third one, the fourth one. And by the fourth position, I think my capital size that time, uh, the position involved was already about 20,000. Mm. So somewhere close to 20,000. I was like, whoa, okay, okay, this is, this is, this is picking up lah. Mm. And, and it was easy, it was smooth, right? Mm. Then, um, Go to 2011, how I ventured into the US market, you know, coming out from a, that wasn't easy. Coming out from a so-called safe haven or comfort zone of mm. Singapore market mm. because we are so used to um, trading stocks that, or the companies that we are see, we're seeing all around, you know, Starhub, mm. Singapore, uh, Genting Singapore, Singtel, SGX, all these are, you know, pretty much, the, all these companies are very famous in Singapore mm. and we see them around, we use yeah. the services. Yeah. So we are very comfortable trading them. Mm. But venturing into the US market, is another dimension. It's another beast, bro. Yes, altogether. Because uh, besides the big names, like you know, some of the banks we've heard of it, Citibank, um, Citigroup, Bank, Bank of America, etc. There, there, there are a lot of other companies that I would not have heard of. Mm. Um, companies like, for example, um, 
for example, the the Boeing. Then you know, we we all know of Boeing, but I didn't know that there was like Lockheed Martin, there was General Dynamics mm, and mm. L3 and all the different defense Vertical companies. Yep. And and that's where I I got intrigued and I was very attracted to it because in Singapore, right, when you think about finance, um, the financial mm. sector, mm. only three stocks. That's mm. it. Yeah. DBS, UOB, DBS, yep. OCBC. Yep. But in the US, right, when we talk about the finance sector, so many well, that totally wowed me. Yep. Because besides the super bank, you have the regional bank, mm. then you have the insurers, mm. you have, and, and they've got like 100 over companies in that one sector. Yeah. Actually, bro, you know our story, uh, very, very similar. You know, mm. I, I started out Singapore stocks as well, actually. Yep. You know, got realized there was a shit shithole <laughs> for me personally, right? So I, I went into the US. Yep. But what I thought was interesting was that, yes, there's a lot of names that we don't know, but actually, to be honest, there's a lot more names that I know in the US compared to Singapore, actually. Yes. Right? Like, you know, as in, even though I'm a Singaporean, there was a lot more that I knew in the US, right? And I'm talking about, you know, things that we wear every day, right? Like, he's wearing sketches, for example. He's wearing yes. behind the camera, you know, our Gavin behind is wearing sketches, slippers. That's a listed company, right? Yes. It's literally all around us, right? These yes. cameras are listed companies, right? Yes. Like, everything, right? The, the pants that I'm wearing, the, the shoes that I'm wearing, Nike is listed. Yes. Right? Literally everything on us are listed companies. And they're all yes. listed in the US. So I, I was like, holy shit, man, dude, there's so much more. Yes. Right? Because you asked me, to be honest, you know, you asked me like, what is, uh, you know, whatever, like Oxley, for example. Mm. I, I don't really know. You know yes. Right? So actually, I found out that I knew more about US than Singapore. And that was my epiphany, like, actually, interestingly. Right? Yep. Of course, there's so much. Like, right? mm. But there were so many companies that we use every day that were actually listed in the US, which was quite fascinating to me. Yes, yep. indeed, okay. indeed. Yeah, so uh, to venture into that, right, um, mm. how I got into this is because one of my longtime friends, yep. he suddenly one day out of the random, right, yep. he was like, yeah, I'm going to attend this program. He's like, what, what, you attend program? Mm. What? what program are you going to attend? Mm. Oh, I'm going to learn about the US market and all that. I'm very convinced this, this should be the way. Mm. And being a longtime friend, and at that time I was like, oh, you going? Uh? Really? Are uh? you mm. going? Uh? Mm. Okay, uh, I will go also. Yep. So I went without checking out what even the program was. Mm. I just signed up mm. on the spot together with him. And that really opened up a whole new world for me mm. uh, from that moment onwards. And that was in early 2011. Mm. So um, I head on, head on over to the US market, really learned the in and out of the US market, mm. or basically not just the market, but also on the relationship between uh, economics as mm. well as the market. Mm. Because a lot of people think that trading individual stocks, right? All they need to focus on is the um, individual stocks performance or the fundamentals. But after that, I come to realize that this whole financial market right, is actually a, um, it's a game. It's a game right, where if you understand the rules, it's how the money flows between one sector to another, geographical sector, or it can be um, you know, business sectors. And it's always the flow of money. And, and going through this whole process, right, going through the program, it taught me that. Mm. It gave me that understanding that I should be looking bigger not just focusing on individual stock and mm. then applying my technical analysis mm. on it, applying mm. my technical indicators on it. I think that is a very myopic um, viewpoint of trading. But instead, right, if I broaden the horizon, I come to realize that the businesses, the company stock price are driven by the expectation mm. in the performance of the companies. Mm. And the performance of this company, the future performance of this company are, in, are derived or affected by what's going on in the projection of the economy. Interesting. Bro, come, let's, let's talk some stories, brother. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> you share one story, I share one story. Okay? Yes. Tell me a story of, uh, you know, a company that you, maybe in the entire history of investing, like, that you saw, that gave you one of the best results that you've ever seen. 
Right, let's go. Disney. Disney, tell Di- me the story, man. Disney was... What's the uh, thesis and when was the time frame? Disney was the, the company that gave me my first port of gold. Wow. And I came across it uh, in middle of 2011. Mm. And I focus on this concept called um, seasonality. Mm. And now, I, now of course, I, I brush it up, modify a little mm. bit to mm. something called cyclical analysis. Yeah. So I really like to study the cycles of how stock prices behave. Sure. Then I come to realize, right, in Disney, in mm. the early days, right, mm-hmm. uh, when I first got into Disney, it was only 20 plus, sure. $20. Wow. Then over a period of seven months, which every year, the same period, it will be sometime late October, leading all the way to, um, I think, April, the following mm. year. Mm. So it's a seven months period, right? Disney would go up in this period. And I always question the why, which after that, then I realized, okay, the end of year, usually they have, you know, they release some movies, mm. Frozen being yes, the most yes, yes, successful yes. one of, uh, along Avengers, this year. Avengers, brother. Avengers, yes, as yes, well. Yes. So uh, they will always rally towards the year-end period. Mm. And this optimism will overflow to next year mm. and they will pick up somewhere in March and April. First quarter, yeah. Yeah, the first quarter. So after understanding this, right, uh, the first time I got in Disney was 20 plus. Mm. Then I, the following year, I got out. 40 plus. Mm. And then I repeated the cycle. Wow. You know, I, I didn't think much about it. I thought, okay, this was the cycle. Over yeah, the last 20 years, it has an 80% chance of mm. it behaving mm. in this way. Mm. So, hey, why not? You know, I just follow through the same cycle. Yeah. So the 40 plus went to 60 plus, yeah. 60 plus went to 80 plus, yeah. and then the 80 plus went to 100 plus. You know, bro, this is something so, that I learned, if I'm not mistaken, from you, right? Uh, in one of the sessions that you did at night, yes. right, where you were sharing about barcharts.com and yes. seasonality. Yes. Then I was, you know, this is something that I, I, I learned. Uh, and I share this with my students actually, right? With regards mm. to seasonality. You know, so I use that very, very frequently for my stocks that I'm looking at, I for see. the markets that I'm looking at to actually see over, again, right? It's not, it's not 100% mm. conclusive, but it's probability, right? Like yes. <clears throat> which months they do extremely well, which months these particular stocks don't do so well, for example, right? Yeah. So that was what you actually followed for Disney. Uh. Yes. Bro, by the way, interesting story, right? Like, you know, dude, I'm very familiar with Disney, bro. Very, okay. very familiar. Every week in my stock workshops, I always mm-hmm. talk about Disney, right? I see. So I always, always talk about Disney. But, um, you know, recently it's no longer in my portfolio anymore. Yep. It's a lot, I think it lost a bit of its magic. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bob Eager is back. So yes, yes, yes. hopefully, I hope the magic will come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We recent, yeah let's see, let's see. He left and then he came back yes. and everything, right? But yeah, Disney, very interesting. So let me share... Um, one of my yeah, horror stories. <laughs> what about yours? No, no, how about I share a horror one? Okay, right? okay. Uh, talk about projection and what were my lessons from this one stock? Mm-hmm. GoPro. Oh, okay. That's not talking about cameras. Yeah, remember, <laughs> you know, GoPro. 2014. Okay. I think they were just getting listed. Oh, right? yep. And then, you know, again, I always... You know, I like stocks and the reason why I love com- uh, understanding businesses mm. is because these are actual product services that we all use, right? Yes. So you can actually tell, right? Hey, wow, everybody is now wearing Skechers shoes, Nike, right? The trend is going up and why mm. not. So I was like, hey, GoPro, wow. Dude, I've been traveling and I see everybody wearing GoPro, carrying GoPro, yes. surfing and all that. Wow, do you all believe that travel is growing? Yes. Do you all believe that, you know, all this filming, everything is going? Yes. Wow, GoPro, huara! Right? Yeah. So this was one of my theses that I had. Mm. based on a qualitative standpoint. Okay. Right? But dude... <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was very wrong. Right? I was very wrong. And the reason why I was very wrong is because... Bloody hell... 
like a month after whatever it is, suddenly Xiaomi got the same product for one quarter <laughs> the price, bro. <laughs> right? People are not so loyal to GoPro anymore, right? Yep. So even though they had all these beautiful videos and stuff like that, people could use the same function behind like, you know, this small camera you can attach whatever it is. Bringing Xiaomi coming up with a quarter of the price, for example, like mm. why would you want to go and buy something that is so expensive, which does the same shit as something that is one quarter the price yeah. and whatever not. So the stocks IPO, I don't even know whether they're still listed anymore. Yeah, right. I think so. Right, but it was yeah. a complete disaster, bro. Look at the charts; it just went up, then it just did a complete tank, and it just yeah. never, ever, ever, ever recovered ever again, right? Yeah. So I guess you know one of the things that I learned as well from this is uh, technology, lah. Technology-wise, right? If you are mm. if you are investing in technology companies per se, mm. you really have to be careful. Yes, right? because uh, sentiments can change. Technology evolves very, very quickly. Yes, evolves very fast. What's hot can become not very quickly, right? So my my later we'll talk about this, but my little bit of my investing philosophy in stocks has also mm. evolved and transformed a bit. Yes. Right? But yeah man, GoPro was a shit show for me, right? Anyways, <laughs> we, we we win some, we learn some, right? So yes. that was a very good learning lesson for me, right? Because yeah man, it was so quick to change, right? Like mm. you know, today, I don't know, Gavin, do you have a GoPro? Yes I do, but I guess we just lost the sponsorship. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't even know, right? So my friend Gavin behind, he goes and does a lot of underwater, you know, videos and all that. But yep. I only see him using his phone. I don't see him using GoPro anymore. So again, right? You yes. can use anything you want to, right? So what's the competitive advantage, right? Always, yep. always, you know, when you are looking at company qualitatively, what's the competitive advantage the company has, business has? Mm. It wasn't really that much, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, bro, that was one of my horror stories, right? Okay, so continue, bro. So how did it evolve, right? So Disney, you're sharing about, and then what, what, what's happened? Yeah, so Disney, um, after doing that for a couple of cycles, right, it, it gave me my first spot of go, and it yeah. gave me the, the insight that, oh, with a, with a diverse market, because I tried to apply the same analysis, the same methodology to the Singapore market, I realized that effectiveness was limited, not as effective as um, how it would have been on, on the US market. Yeah. So um, that's where, since that, that realization, right, my focus was has always been on US market yes. instead of Singapore market. Same, bro. In Singapore market, I just probably hold, you know, mm. weeds, dividend mm. giving counter, mm, mm, mm. and and that's it. I, I literally just hold them and mm. forget about them. Mm. And the focus has always been on the US lah. Mm. So I mean, since you share about your, your horror story, right? So Tell me horror, yours, bro. Tell well, me yours. Horror story <laughs> came from the Singapore market. Singapore market. Yes. Shit, bro. Lion gold. Don't tell me what's up. So as I was learning uh. the US market right, mm. in 2011. So 2011 mm. was a year of transformation. Uh, well, I was making the transition over from Singapore to US market. Mm -hmm. So I was jogging both sides, right? Mm -hmm. In Singapore, I was just, okay, still doing the gen thing, yeah, yeah. you know, $2, $2.25, $2, $2.25. Yeah. And then on the US market, I was like, wow, this is a whole new world. It's so mm. exciting, right? So I, I, I went into that, one feet deep. And then on this side, you know, came 2011. What was mm. the biggest event that, that uh, affected everyone? Mm. Eurozone mm. crisis. Yes. There was the, there were talk of um, Greece getting kicked out of yes. Eurozone. Yes. And here I am, right, in Singapore, Thinking that Greece is like how many thousand miles away from Singapore? Doesn't well, matter. What is it going to do with us, right? It doesn't matter, right? How wrong was I? <laughs> what happened uh, during the fourth trade on Disney? Uh, sorry, not Disney. On Genting Singapore, right? Two dollar, two twenty five, right? Mm. So I bought two dollar. It came down to one ninety three. Mm. So that was sometime around August mm. of twenty eleven. Mm. So it came down to one one ninety two or one ninety three, mm -hmm. So oh, just a support level. Mm. <laughs> there was a support level. Okay, I buy in some more. Mm. Then after that, it come down, 185. Ah, when come down, 180. Yeah, yeah, support level. Mm -hmm. 
buy and sell. Mm, so I stacked the position, a losing position. Mm. I didn't, although I didn't double down, but mm. I stacked the position, mm. going heading into losses, mm. and end up right. I said, can one, can one. Oh, see, can hold. So mm. you know, one eighty, right? You get, and then it bounces up. You mm. feel, you, you feel so happy. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, I made the right decision. Yeah, I got yeah. it at a much better price. Yeah. It's gonna go again. Yeah. Then. Uh, as the whole Eurozone crisis developed, mm. uh, what, what was painful was I watched Disney in, in a slow fashion mm. over a couple of weeks, right? Sorry, not Disney, Genting Singapore. Mm. <laughs> over a couple of weeks, $2, 190 180 160 mm. and finally it just came, went all the way down, right? Mm. Until the point uh, where I truly learned this, this uh, the essence of these three words. Uh, mm. Bui tahan. Bui tahan. Uh. Bui tahan means one, oh, mm. like, Oh, I cannot, I, cannot. Yeah. I, I think I can hold, I, I will hold through. It feels very depressing. Yep. Every time you, and especially that time I was still new, right? I mm. didn't have that mental tenacity mm. or, mm. I was like, huh, I thought it was supposed to be easy, one. how mm. come like that? I lost mm. back everything, you know? Mm. So I cut loss at 148. Wow. So that was a painful lesson wow. after stacking a few positions down. Yeah. I cut loss at 148. So at that point, there wasn't a risk management, stop loss. It wasn't. It was, just, wasn't. It was just like, great, <clears throat> wow, I can make a lot of money and that's all. So yeah. that lesson, became a foundation um, step like, in, in my philosophy or in, on trading today. Mm. Because it doesn't matter how much we are going to make, it doesn't mm. matter how much I'm going to make, but what matters to me right now is how much am I going to lose? Mm. Can I accept this loss first? If I can, then I will take this position. If mm. not, forget it. I, 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 I will just keep. No matter mm. how good uh, potentially it can be, I will mm. just keep. So that actually prevents me from blowing up my account later on. Mm. Yeah, so now looking back, I, I had that one lesson to thank for. Mm. And at that point of time when I cut loss, it was a high four-figure loss. Mm-hmm. Um, as a student, it was painful. Of course. And I'm glad that it happened during that period mm. because imagine the same thing happened to my portfolio, six to seven figures, and you half that. Mm. You'll be losing away what? <laughs> like. A lot, bro. Half a million. One a house. Yeah, exactly. One <laughs> a house. One. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So Ben learned his lessons early, right? Yes. Yeah. The fluctuations, the swings in portfolio, when you go bigger size, it's going to be very different. Yes. The emotional management is very, very, very different, yes, right? Yes, indeed. When you're doing six, seven figures, for example, dude. Oh, yeah. Right? Crazy swings and everything, yes. man. Crazy, you know, absolutely amazing. But anyways, you know, we live and we learn, right? We yes. get better and better along the way, right? Definitely. So thanks for sharing that, bro. So thanks for sharing. So in terms of, you know, besides Disney and everything, right? So mm. what are the strategies that you employ, right? So mm. uh, what what uh, really worked for you? Was it uh, just by buying and selling the stock? Or mm. were you short using CFDs? Were you using options? What is the strategy that you use uh, primarily uh, today? So before we get to there, right? Mm. You know, in the first few, in the first couple of years, mm-hmm. right? Um, most people think that when they embark on trading, mm. it will be an easy journey. Sure. It will be a snap of finger, and then they suddenly can transform from whatever they were doing to yeah. become like, hey, full-time. I'm a full-time trader. Yeah. I'm a profitable and all yeah. that. Yeah. So I believe in that. Yeah. I believe in that. And uh, but my experience wasn't that. Mm. It was far from that. 2011, 2012, I was figuring my way out. Right. Things didn't get stable until 2015. Mm. So what happened in that 2012 to 2014, which mm. is, I think a lot of people, they don't see. Because mm. today when people, um, when they know us, they mm. look at you, they look at me, they only see the us now. Mm. But they fail to realize that there's, there's this period, right? Um, and at that period, 2012 to 2012, 13, 14, that was a dark period for me mm. um, financially because when I finished uni, most of my friends went out to work. Mm. They, they just applied for a job, they went off to work. Mm. And I just refuse mm. to look for a job. Mm. Not because I am a lazy bum, I don't want to do anything, mm. but because I believe that 
I've tasted a little bit of success in trading, mm. and I think this can be it, you know. Mm. This can be it, and I jump into it. So literally, if I can give a, uh, you know, mm. I, I jump off the table and yeah. I'm hoping that I jump off the building. I hope, hopefully, if I'm midway my journey, now my wings can grow. Mm. But then I realize I'm falling much faster than I expected, and my wings are not growing. Mm. So that period was painful. That period was was quite tough, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Then uh, what worked, right? was gradually as I, when, when things are not working out, it is, it's frustrating. Mm. It's very frustrating and it seems like you're going nowhere. And it's a little bit of depressing instead. Uh, I mean, to the, to the extent that it's depressing. So what got me by was, I went back to drawing board. Every day I was like, I was writing a ton of things. Mm. So I was logging down every single parameter of my trade. What did I do? What trade, what price, why? And then after I do an after action review. So that was the most rewarding time of my trading journey mm. as well. Because that was that period, right, where the introspect um, allowed me to figure out mm. what I was doing, to seek out some, 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 you know, some habits, mm. some good habits, some not so good habits. Mm. And I, I literally wrote down everything. Wow. And that was a lot of hard work. And today when I when I share that with uh, my students, right, they were like, you sure you did that? I'm mm. like, yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I did. I still had all the paper I binded together mm. in a book. So, can you, I think this is very, very important, bro. Three bad habits that you had, can you just share? Like, and, and what should people avoid in terms of, uh, you know, these thing, this things that they can distract their portfolio? Um, first thing, never scale in more on a losing position. Never oh. scale in more on a losing position. That means Explain. if your original position is losing, yeah. Don't, you know, if, if it goes against you, yeah. don't scale in again. Don't get in again. Don't, don't double down. Again. I think that's worse. Because okay. learning the, the, the lesson from Genting Singapore, right? Okay. I get in again and I get in again and I get in again and finally, okay, this is too much. I, I, I can't take it. I have mm. to cut loss. Interesting. So that was the, that was the first... Um, you so know, you, don't, you don't like ladder, right? Um, I ladder when I'm right. Oh. I ladder in when I'm right. Okay. I don't ladder in when I'm wrong. Interesting. If my initial position I'm wrong means that um, maybe I'm missing out something. Yeah. Maybe my original assumption is not working out. Ah. So I have to reevaluate the game. At least this, this okay, is okay, how okay. I do Slightly it. Slightly different, but okay, cool. Yeah, so okay. this, is, this is what I do. And, and the, well, the second one I think would be to always trust or to always have a process instead of getting stocks you know, from random sources, tips, you know, reports, expert opinions. Um, always have a process to derive the stocks. Mm. So. Um, today, right, the kind of stocks that I focus on are mostly unheard. Mm. Most people would focus on a Magnificent 7, mm. Facebook, Google, yep. uh, Nvidia, yes, yes, yes. Microsoft. Um, I would focus on stocks like Boeing, mm. and then I'll be looking at Caterpillar, mm. um, Deer & Co, mm. and Costco, Target. Mm. All these companies are not so-called popular. Mm. They are great companies. Mm strong price performance, steady mm. um, price performance, price behavior, but they are not hogging the headlines. They are mm. not in the news. And personally, I have a process to find this kind of stock and I prefer to trade this kind of stock. Mm. Not that I have anything against the Magnificent 7, mm. but I find that the Magnificent 7 mm. are highly, um, what do I say? Um, there, there, there's a lot of um, opinion on it. Mm. And as you know, opinion can be inflated, mm. it can also deflate very, very fast. Of course, of course. So the price performance tends to be a little bit more volatile yes. for my liking. So I, I prefer to look at something else. Interesting. But can yeah. I ask you, <clears throat> in terms of your portfolio for stocks, bro, mm. uh, do, as in, 
what, how many percent do you use for trading per se or do you invest or not really? Are you, are you just primarily a trader? Um, most of my funds are deployed for trading. Okay. Uh, of course, I think as of late, I did a restructure. Half of it is actually in slightly longer term investment. Mm -hmm. When you say longer oh. term, what's the longer term? Though? Very important <laughs> to clarify. Yeah. Uh, every position, okay, I wouldn't be very long, but uh. the position is about one year plus. One year, okay. So uh, the vehicle of choice would be the ETF, SPY. Mm. Okay. So riding on the, the index ETF. Mm -hmm. So that is on one part. And then the others will be deployed to trading and most of my trading positions are less than three weeks. Okay. Yeah, the duration is three weeks or three lesser. Weeks, three weeks or lesser. Okay, so that's, right. that's very, very important to clarify. Fantastic, yeah. man. If you guys have enjoyed the episode so far, make sure you smash the like button. And guys, right now, after this, we're going to go into some live charts. We're going to look at some live market data. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about cryptocurrencies and exactly what prices and what stocks we're looking at to actually invest in right now. So... If that interests you, let's watch on. Welcome back to the Modern Wealth Podcast. Right now, it's going to be very, very exciting. We're going to, we're going to dissect the brains of Jay. You know, we <laughs> talked about, you know, some of the stocks he's looking yep. at, some of the companies, some of the patterns and all that stuff. We're going to go into it. We're going to go look into the market outlook. We're going to talk about uh, some of the stocks he's trading, some of the stocks that I'm trading as well. But guys, a very, very important disclaimer. <laughs> Right Before you do not take any of this as financial advice, please consult your broker, your advisor, somebody, right, if you want to proceed with anything. Right? So very, very important. Whatever we're going to be sharing, it's our own personal opinions. Yes. Let's get right into it. So Jay, tell us, man, what kind of stocks you're looking at right now? Um, currently, my focus yep. is on the, I know the broad team is, mm. everyone is looking at AI stocks, right? Yes. For yes. me, I'm looking at energy. Energy. And of course, uranium as well. Uranium? Uranium. Shit. Yes, uranium. What is uranium, related. bro? I don't even know, bro. <laughs> uh, if you look at the ETF, right? The yeah. ETF caught my attention. Uh, the, the, the chart for uranium, right? Actually, um, URA. URA. So, yeah, Shit, URA. This sounds very familiar, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Global you're... X Uranium ETF. Okay, okay. And if you look at the performance, you can see that throughout 2023, yep. um, URA increased from like $20 all the way to where it is now, which is like $30, yep. and the movement is like 50 plus percent. Wow. And all this while it has been in the background wow. doing its thing silently. Mm. What are some of the companies in URA, bro? Do you know? Ah, so that's where I, uh, you can make use of the website. Usually, I'll go to ETF.com. ETF.com, yes. Yeah, ETF.com, and then mm. I'll go and look for some stocks within the, the URA ETF itself. Very, very interesting. Yeah, okay, so cool. these are the kind of stocks that are very strong. Yep. And if you look at healthcare, healthcare mm. is strong as well. Well, amazing performance, bro. Seriously, uranium is fantastic. Amazing, right? Uh, for, for healthcare, what do you look at? XLH? Or you uh, at? For healthcare, actually, you can look, start with XLV. XLV, okay. Then that's the ETF. Some of the stocks within healthcare, because mm. I've just done the research yesterday, uh, I'm looking at Eli and Lily, LLY. Yep. You can see LY is strong performance. Then yeah. you have the largest healthcare provider, which is United Health Group. But even, even these ETFs, you are looking to trade them per se? Um, I will look at a broad perspective mm. first. Mm. So I always want to derive my buyers from the overall US market. Mm. Because if the overall US market is unlikely to perform well, mm. then all the constituent stocks right, mm. are likely going to sink together with it. Sure, sure, sure. So I always look at the US market to, de to derive the buyers. Mm. And by US market, I meant S&P 500. Mm. So S&P 500, as we know, right now is just broke into all-time high territory. Yes, yes, right. And it seems to be fostering on without, without yep. stopping. Yep. So the bias as in the short term is definitely bullish. Mm. Uh, and through this bullishness, right, then I will delve down to the sectors mm. to see which are the sectors that are actually um, performing or showing some strength. Mm. Rather, SPY has really mm. been on a tear, bro. Yes. Absolute yes. tear, right? 
So, so what, what do you, so let's, let's talk about, you know, let's start with the broad markets and then we come down a little bit deeper. So we talked about URA, we mm. talked about XLV, the healthcare sector, right? So SPY, broken highs, right? Like, yes. Do you feel we are toppish? Do you feel we are bound for a correction? What's going to be happening, brother? Um, the start of <clears throat> the year, right? January, January, February tends to be the weakest link mm. across the the nice the nice months of October all mm. the way to August. Uh, sorry, October all the way to April. Yeah. January, February tends to be the weakest link, mm. So it is only right that you know if we look at the performance from last quarter onwards, mm. October, November has been quite you know bullish, mm. and then December for a large part of it, it was sideways, yes. just staying up there. So in terms of the performance from the bottom of um, late October, mm. I think the market rallied quite a fair bit already. Mm. And usually after such a rally, mm. it is only normal that you know when it comes to January, February, mm. it would th- things would start to you know simmer down a little bit, mm. retrace a little bit, and that's where I think um, we that that's a stage that we are in right now, the mm. transition that we are in currently. Mm. Interesting, mm. interesting. So we're looking to see a bit of a retracement cooling off a bit. Yes, yes. I am okay. looking at that because although the prices on the whole, right, mm. they look bullish. Yes. No doubt. I mean, you go to all-time high, right? Yes, it yes, cannot yes. be more bullish than that. Yeah. But the internals are actually lagging. Okay. Internals meaning I, besides looking at just the price, yeah. I also consider um, what are some of the other things that I'm looking at, which number one, yeah. it is uh, the comparison between the big caps yep. versus the small caps. How do you do that? So I would just pull up a chart of, let's say SPY, right? And yep. then I will put on mm. um, RUT. RUT is like the Russell 2000. Okay. We can see that um, if we compare them side by side yep. in yep. December, yep. while the overall market for okay. S&P 500, yep. for NASDAQ, for Dow Jones, yep. they are staying quite high up there yes. and they are going sideways. Yeah. But RUT is the first one to get mm. thrown out of the window. Interesting. So this means uh, the smaller companies are the mm. first one mm. to get thrown out under the bus. Mm. So what does this mean? In a strong, very strong or very bullish market, right? Mm. ideally we want to see all, all the stocks rise together. Yes. Of course, the leaders will outshine the, the, the laggers. Yep. Yep. All right? But in this case, it's a clear divergence that my so-called leaders, the big companies, are yep. still up there. Mm. Then the small companies are getting thrown under. Yeah, bro. So it's that's a huge difference, huh? Exactly. You know, looking at the comparison right now, damn. Yes. And that's one warning sign. I'm like, scratching my head. Okay, shouldn't be, right? If, mm. if it's a, you know, a truly bullish market that's going to sustain, mm. then likely things are going to be bro, the you know, all going together. Bro, the performance is pretty insane. Uh. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at SPY in the last year, yep. 273% gain, but RUT being like a 13%. Uh, you, you what throughout 2023? Yes, yes, yes. Well, throughout uh, 2023, I think if we look at one year, S&P 500, let me measure it. Broadly, Broadly yes. I think we are looking at S&P 500 is around 26%. 26%, yeah, yeah. yeah All s- the way up. Yep. Somewhere around 26%. 27, then for right. RUT, we are looking at somewhere... Um, that's December, that's yes, about 18%. Scale, that's 18%. about 18%. Yeah. But in terms of the movement, right, you can see in terms of how the, the prices move, mm. the big companies, S&P 500, NASDAQ, mm. Dow Jones, they are more trendy. Mm. Whereas if you look at IUT, um, the Russell 2000, it is more of choppy. Mm. Down, Very choppy. Bro. Up, down, up. Yeah. And mm. as of late, they are getting thrown under. Yep. So this is a growing 
growing divergence that I'm watching mm. because, uh, for example, yesterday's session, yesterday's session on the S&P 500, mm. it was actually a bullish mm. session. Mm. So it closed higher. But what happened on the RUT, right? Mm. Was that RUT opened higher mm. and then it actually closed lower. Yep. So this divergence was, is, you know, it's a repeating common observation that mm. I'm having now. And that led me to think uh, the internals is not exactly that strong. Mm. So this is just one sign. Then what's the second sign? The second mm. sign is I would also put on VIX. Mm. So VIX, I mean, as an option trader, you'll be yes. very familiar with that. So when looking at VIX, right, um, currently, I think as of now, everything still seems to be in, uh, seems to be in order. Mm. Um, with VIX being a contrarian indicator, mm. whenever the market rallies, then VIX obviously will tank yes. and vice versa. So any discrepancy on VIX, right? Currently, mm. I still don't see any. Mm. But any discrepancy on VIX, that would also tally with that so-called warning sign that I see on RUT as well. Mm. So this is what I meant by the internals of the market rather than just looking at the price itself. Mm. So by doing this kind of comparison, uh, we are actually able to derive more insights mm. as to whether this market is likely going to continue mm. or not likely to continue. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. Very, very interesting. Okay. A good divergence, possibly looking at a bit of a correction. Yeah. Right. Okay, moving on forth. Okay, so what are some of the okay, so besides URA, for example, any any uh, like individual stocks you're looking at to trade, for example? Um individual stocks, mm. if you look at Eli and Lily, yes. LLY. LLY, let's go. This is this is a very strong trending wow. stock that wow. doesn't stop. Yes. <laughs> As you can see. Yes. It very, just, very strong American company. Very yep. strong. It yep. started 2023 somewhere around you know 360 yep. 65 yes it ended the year at 600 close to 600 600 plus it hit a high of it hit a high of 621 wow. so that's like a 70 percent movement crazy bro and all these companies right with a 70 percent movement mm. uh, they are um the market cap is like 500 plus billion wow. it's not small companies it's, it's huge it's companies big. bro yeah they are mega companies mega cap companies and still giving this type of behavior yeah. and it doesn't hold the hotline the, mm. the headlines and mm. that's what i like the, the most about it interesting interesting issue yeah. so again looking for good bigger cap companies yes but they're not the ones that are always publicized out there yes interesting as interesting. opposed to tesla as opposed to yeah. obviously nvidia was doing very yeah, well yeah, yeah. meta was doing very well absolutely absolutely yeah you know many many years ago uh many years ago actually i uh, just okay maybe not now not so much right no <clears throat> many years ago 2021, 2022, mm. uh, you know, one of the stocks that I love trading was one of your recommendations, which was Target. Yes. Right? Now, the trend doesn't look as pretty. Yes. Not as pretty anymore, but you know, it was once fantastic, bro. It was beautiful. Yes, previously, especially 2020, 2021, yes. it was like a super stock. Super stock, bro. Dude, yes. I still remember very clearly. Look at that trend, right? Yes. 2020, 2021, you know, literally all the way up. Now, it's kind of like, I'm like, I haven't seen this stock in a while, but yeah, yeah. kind of shit right now. So, if you look at Costco. <laughs> yes. If you look at Costco, are we doing well? It will provide you with a different idea. A different idea. A different perspective. Oh, holy crap! Damn, exactly. son. Same sector. Wow, wow. wow. Very different. Wow. <laughs> so wow. this is the super stock this mm, year. Mm. Oh, at least last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm looking at stocks like this, right? Where mm. the overall market, you're like, what's gonna happen to Tesla? What's mm. gonna happen to Nvidia? I'm like, uh, they, they're gonna do whatever they do, lah. But. Mm. I'm going to be looking at stocks like Costco, mm. which, huh? Costco? Mm. What, what, what is Costco? Mm. <laughs> you 
in this part of the world, it's not so not so popular. Not right? so, popular. so popular. Interesting, interesting. But yes. how do you how do you so for somebody who's new out here watching, yes. like so how do you get to know these stocks which are under the radar? But um, okay, that's what's your process? Yeah, how do you do it? The first thing, right, is to have a watch list. Okay. First thing is to have a watch list so that there mm. will be a top-down watch list. Sure. So every week, right, I've cultivated a habit of looking at the S and P five hundred, okay. which is the benchmark yep. versus the. 11 other sectors. Okay. So from a top-down point of view, immediately at a snapshot of the market, sure. I'm able to see what are the sectors that are already outperforming, okay. what are the sectors that are lagging the market right okay. now. Okay. So that already immediately right, solves me a lot of problems yeah. by knowing what, what are the sectors I could immediately just filter off. Okay. Because if I want to go in a long position, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be longing into strength. Yeah. I, I want to buy strength. Okay. Okay. And if I want to um, short right, or get out, then that's where uh, if if the sector shows yeah. me weakness, that's where the preferred action will not do. I use will be to, not long la. I use uh, I use Finvis to actually find it out, right? Like, yes. Is that is that something you use as well? Um, I use stockcharts.com. Oh, stockcharts. Okay. Yes. Stockcharts. Stock because charts. Finvis or stockcharts, they both show you like the sectors, which sectors yes. are performing well, which sectors are underperforming, yes. right? Monthly performance and everything, and then you can see right twenty twenty three, which are the sectors that are doing really really well. Yes. And always give you a, you know a direction with regards to what's happening. Mm. So within those sectors, like the top few players la, the yes. bigger the bigger players is what you're looking. Yeah, at. the top ten usually I will scan through the top ten. Interesting. And that's how Eli and Lily, United Health Group, mm. Abbevie, all these healthcare stocks, all oh, how they come about. Guys, I'm getting so many tips, right? So again, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you understood, let me summarize and teach you the lessons, right? So again, G's process of filtering is, hey, let me not look at what everybody's looking at. Yes. Let me look at some things that are undiscovered. People don't really, they are strong companies, don't get me wrong, right? But yes. you know, stuff that you know, people wouldn't necessarily look at. Yes. Right? They're not hawked by the news nonstop. So, you know, the companies he's looking at, for trading, very simply, we filter down mm. to actually see which are the sectors that are doing really well. Stockcharts.com, Finways.com, yes. we can actually use it. Filter out to actually see, hey, which ETFs are actually performing really, really well. Mm. Then we zoom in from the ETFs to actually find out which are the top players, right? The yes. top, you know, five, ten of the players. We look at the charts and we go through that filtering process to see, hey, which are the ones that have, you know, good performance, right? So, uh, very, very, very good example right now. He shared two of them, uh, Eli Lilly, uh, Costco, for example, which yes. are really, really trading into very, very good strength. Yes. Right. Beautiful, beautiful. Shit, I'm learning too. Right. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Fantastic. Right. Okay, bro. So, you know, a lot of our viewers, yes. a lot of our viewers are crypto traders. Yes. Right. So, Jay is no stranger to crypto as well. You know, his yep. husband portfolio in crypto, right? He also trades. He's very, very familiar. Right. So, I want to ask you for some insights with regards to crypto, <laughs> brother. Right. Like, what's your view? Shouldn't I be asking you for yeah, insights? I want to ask you, bro. Like, then I'll give my insights as well. But yeah, you tell me, you tell me, man. So, what are your insights with regards to crypto? Right. Like, you know, we're in this brand new yeah. year. Yeah. Right. Um, people are talking about many, many different powerful narratives. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, the most recent one was being the Bitcoin ETF being approved. Yes. We have having happening very, very soon. Yes. Right. Like, oh, we've been in the bear cycle. Are things gonna pop and fly again? Mm. You know, all these different questions, which I really, really have to actually mm. ask you, man. So, what's your overall view before we go into some charts? Um. Okay. Disclaimer first. Sure. I am not a native trader for crypto. Sure. Uh, neither am I like the you know those very active in crypto projects sure, sure, and all sure. that. For me. Um, it's still more of charts. Yes, yes, yes. It's still more of um, technical you know, aspect that's the, of trading. That's the beautiful thing about trading, right? Bro, yes. you understand candlesticks? You understand, bro? <laughs> I can look at you know Euro USD. I can look at you know Bitcoin. Yes. A candlestick is a candlestick, right? So, yes. but tell me, man, what's your views? Um, I do think that the narrative generally, from from my from my opinion, right, the the, uh, the narrative generally is pointing towards a bullish um, sentiment. You know, sentiment for 
crypto. Mm. And of course, we, with the uh, crypto, as in with the Bitcoin ETF being approved, then this allows a what used to be an obscure asset class to tap into the realm of traditional finance, which is also good. And this good thing, right, is that for crypto, uh, once it has access to this traditional finance mm. uh, market, right, then what happened is that it's likely going to be more stable because I think we have been through a few boom and bust since 2017, sure. 2018, then a bust, then mm. after that 2020, everything kicked up again. So things are likely to get more stable from now mm. with the involvement of and, and flow from traditional finance. Mm. But one of the things I also realized is that from an overall perspective, right, um, how asset prices, asset classes rises behave in general mm. has a lot to do with central bank policies as well. Mm. Because if the money supply mm. is not increasing mm. from the top, yes. then all other asset classes are going to suffer. Yes, for sure. If the money supply is going to expand mm. right at the top, mm. which is what happened in 2020, 2021, exactly. So what went out? Mm. Obviously, the first choices, as a Singaporean, yes, the yes, first yes. choice would be, let's mm. buy a house, yes. let's buy a property. Yes. Then once That's my watches. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> so, property will be first. Yes. Then, uh, securities yes. will be second. Yeah. Crypto. And then crypto, mm. that's alongside with mm. it. Mm-hmm. Then also you have things like arts, fine Bro, wine. risk assets went up massively. Right? Your risk assets, right? Risk watches. Assets your, you know, your crypto, for example, your watches. Bro, uh, that, that period of time was very, was very, very good. Yes. Uh, it was fantastic, right? We, we, we all made great money from asset classes. Yes. So what's the outlook right now? What's the money supply looking like? So currently, the money supply is not increasing. In yeah. fact, they have been, you know, from a global point of view, the Federal Reserve have been trying to tame down the money mm. supply and it has successfully done so from t- late 2022 yes. all Tightening, the way to 2023. Yeah. So what used to be quantitative easing mm. have turned into quantitative tightening. So mm. there's zero quantitative easing right now. Yep. And this has led to an overall you know, pullback in the prices across um, the asset more su- yeah, supposedly more risky asset classes, sure. which was why crypto, you know, after the fall of the Luna, the fall of FTX, yeah. it went through a period of just nobody's going to talk about it. It's yeah. just going to be in the background. Mm. So um, all the funds are focused on more traditional asset classes, mm. which are like securities, stock market, etc. Mm, mm, mm. But right now, we are at a very interesting juncture, which mm. also falls into this bullish narrative because besides the halving, besides um, the ETF, What's going to happen this year right, is that the Federal Reserve looks to re- reverse their interest rate decision. Mm. Right now, the interest rate is at 5.5, mm-hmm. the overnight rates. Right? Mm. So they are, look, they are looking to cut at least three times mm. this year, which the lower expectation should be somewhere around 4%. Mm. The median expectation is somewhere like 4.5% mm-hmm. throughout this year. Mm. And when they do this, mm. and currently it's at QE zero. Mm. So imagine they just increase, you know, they, they just turn back on the, the, the QE mm. um, and especially you know this is an election year as mm. well mm. this actually bodes well for all asset classes mm. and if we are able to accept, uh, avert the recession mm. which is whatever supposedly recession is supposed to come mm. but Jerome Powell the Federal Reserve Chairman mm. he seems to be very confident that we will be able to avoid it mm. and go into a soft landing mm. and judging by the numbers on trading economics um, it seems like we are heading that way mm. so it definitely plays in this bullish narrative. Mm. But of course, with every bullish narrative or mm. bullish bias, mm. then the trader in me will, cut, uh, will kick in. Mm. So what price 
will I look at? Yes, tell me, man. We can discuss that later. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's do that right now, bro. Let's go. Nah. Right? Okay. So for, for crypto, right? Let's yeah. say for overall, if I'm looking for... What are you looking at? Bitcoin, for example. Okay, I mean, Bitcoin... Are every, the, the, the past week has... Everyone is just looking at, at, at Bitcoin yes, dropping. Absolutely. And yesterday, Ether, I think, dropped... If I think drop like what five six percent eight percent at most yeah, man yeah, absolutely quite, quite yeah. a lot right quite a bit so people may be thinking ah uh, um, what price may be good to pick them up from yeah. well personally I'm looking to uh, at, at a level of around 36, 36 000 first mm. and then if it can come to thirty two hopefully not mm. <laughs> if it can come to thirty two I think that is a, a good price at least for me la, mm. from my point of view mm. uh, to to pick them up Again, not financial advice. It's just what I'm looking at, okay. the price level that I'm looking at. But how, how do you trade? How do you trade it? So you pick it up at 36, for example, mm. right? Like what's your, what, what's going to be your TP strategy, right? Okay. Like when do you take profits? Are you going to trade it up? Like, you know, goes up to your resistance, you take your profits. Like what's, are you holding it for the longer term? What's your personal take? So when it comes to crypto, yeah. I'm doing a very, um, I would say slightly opposite thing from what you do. Mm. You trade, mm. which you can get in and out yes. like pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. For me, I would like to identify good prices mm. that I can buy. Mm. And I would like to hold them on for a longer period of time. Mm. Mm. And uh, my target, right, or rather my so-called my sign uh, to, yeah. to get out, I don't mm. really have a, I don't really have a, like a price target. Mm. Like maybe if let's say I want to get in at 32 or mm. 35, mm. Mm. Um, the obvious price target would be like 45, mm. 48, which is mm. the recent high now. Mm. And of course, in the, in the, in the last three years, the high is about 60 plus thousand. Yes, that would be another yes. level that we are gunning for. Um, should we want to, you know, lessen our risk when it comes to those levels? Mm. But what I do, right, uh, besides technical analysis, besides mm. price, right, is this thing also called sentiment analysis. So when you see a lot of um, personalities online, shit posting about crypto and like, wow, this is to the moon, everything, mm. the narrative is, is... So that's where, and when there's an overwhelming majority or increasing number that is putting into this bullish narrative and thinking that it's going to moon, thinking that it's just going one way, that aspect, this sentiment aspect, right, also tells me that, okay, I think this is stoppish mm. in the near term. Mm. And that's where I should be looking to... Do you, do you feel that right now or not really? Um, before the ETF, the, the Bitcoin ETF, yes. Uh-huh. So before that, everyone was like, look at this, uh, you get the halving is coming, everything. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, okay, I, I think it's time for a short-term correction. It's mm. not necessarily going to a bear market, but at least the correction is coming, mm. then it's time for me to lean up. Then I will go to the chart and say, okay, at what price level, then I should be looking to lean up. Wow. Yeah. I want to say something. <laughs> yes? Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to say something, <laughs> but I don't know whether I'll get caught on camera. But <laughs> Okay, cool. I, I, I think I know. Right? Yeah, absolutely, sorry. I wanted yeah. to say that, yeah, um, when everyone is happy, be fearful. Lah. Yes. Right? When everyone is happy, everyone is thinking they're going to go to the moon, it's yep. when you take off the... Well, that's when you, you know. Yes. Very, very important sentiment analysis, right? So, but it's just based on feeling. Like. Is there any tool they use? Uh, based on, okay, tools, obviously, the usual trend line. Um, I, I, I do trend line projection. Mm. Uh, support resistance. I find that in technical analysis, right, most of the commonly used tools are mm. horizontal line, mm. support, resistance, mm. and then also another one would be trend line. For me, yeah. I prefer to use trend line. Mm. Um, not so much as to, you know, people have varying degrees of trend line. They will, they, they will connect two dots together and then this one angle, yes. that's another angle, yeah, yeah. and then they will end up having, you know, like yeah, 10 different angles. lines. Yes. So for me, I like to find out like what is the best fit angle. Okay. Because if I zoom out on a bigger time frame, 
and then I look at the best fit angle. Mm. Like for example, on the, the chart for, for Bitcoin right mm. now, if you look at the bottom in November 2022. Mm. So for me, I'm referring to the futures because I can see the yep. uh, I can see the volume. But in this case, right, you can see that there is crypto, the Bitcoin yep. futures. Yep. At the bottom of November 2022, yep. it has actually rallied upwards. Yep. So if we use our eye to see it, mm. we will be able to see a so-called like a trend angle okay. that is developing. Yep. So using that, then I will be able to project like, okay, since this is the angle that everyone is looking at, yep. then that moving forward, these angles mm. should project certain levels that when the prices goes to there, mm. they're going to have some form of reaction. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very, very nice, very nice. Okay, I get exactly what you're trying to say. Awesome, awesome. So again, uh, besides uh, Bitcoin, right? Are there, like, what's your own uh, play behind it, man? Are, are you looking at, uh, what other narratives are you looking at? Ethereum ETF, for example, or any other altcoins? You know, anything to share? Uh, nah, I'm just, I, I'm, okay, Solana was a very mm. surprise uh, run. Mm. I picked it up sometime last year, mm. where I was like, okay, what, what are some of the other L1s that I can get into? Mm. So a lot of them just just went off the radar already mm. after 2022. So Solana was like still there, and I was like, hmm, okay, I got I, I got some, you know, I, I'm gonna rotate some into it. Mm. Who knew, right? Mm, <laughs> Absolutely take off. Huh? It just took off, mm. and I was like, yeah, why didn't buy more? <laughs> As always, right? Yeah, it's always, 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 it's always the case. Yeah. So the, case. the L1s, I'm not so much looking at the the altcoins for mm. now, but. Uh, Namely, looking to pick up for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at least my narrative or my perspective for crypto is to hold on for at least a couple of months mm -hmm. because that's where it really right for that trend. To ride the waves, right? Correct, exactly. to ride the wave. Yes, yes, we, we, we share the same sentiment, brother. Yeah, right? that's I, good. I love it, I love it. Fantastic. All right, so guys, I hope you guys, uh, you know, got a lot from uh, Jay. So bro, so I have a couple of questions to ask you, right? So, mm. you know, trading is something that everybody, you know, looks to do, they want to do, right? Like, yes. you know, they want to get successful at it. You know, you see a few really, really make it. You see yes. a majority that don't, right? Yeah. What do you need to do to increase your probability to of to succeed as a trader? Uh, <laughs> that's a tough question, right? Tell me, man. <laughs> I, I think it's important to not jump from a, a lot of traders that I know, right? They, it's why I term them to be grasshoppers. La, grasshoppers. Because they will jump from one asset class mm. or one instrument to another, sure. to another, and to another, and another, and sure. another. Yeah. So I was guilty of that. Yeah. Initially, in my, during the dark years, right? 2012, 2014, yeah. I was yeah. doing a lot of trial and error. Mm. So I did stocks, mm. then I tested out Forex. Mm. I tested out car, um, options, mm -hmm. then I also did futures, mm -hmm. different time frames for futures, intraday, mm -hmm. etc. So for options itself, mm -hmm. which I think you are very familiar with, you have buying on the options, you have selling on options, mm -hmm. different combinations of how you stack the options together mm -hmm. to give you the, the Greeks exposure that you want. So what I was doing back then was like, I was jumping. I, I was doing this, this one not giving me immediate result, I mm -hmm. go to the next one. Not giving me immediate result, I go to the next one. But what? really stuck through was stocks. Mm. So today, people ask me, Jay, since you know, um, other markets, other asset classes seems to give you a higher return, why are you not focusing on them as much? Mm. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I dislike them. Mm. I love them. It's not that I totally shun them. Mm. I still do mm. look at them. But I believe that if something is working for me for over a period of time already, then I, I shouldn't just change Mm. this 
uh, whatever that is already working. Mm, mm, mm. So instead of just jumping, the temptation is always there. Mm. If let's say you make $10, the other guy make $20, mm. you will be very tempted to, hey, how, how did the guy do it? Mm. How did that $20 come? How come mm, in the same mm. period of time I'm only making half? Mm. So there was always this greed factor that I want to jump, right? Mm. But uh, I think it takes more than just superficial carrying out of, you know, it, it takes beyond just superficial strategies to make someone competent. Like, mm. you didn't get to who you were today um, just by going through the motion. Mm. Besides going through the motion, mm. that was probably what you did or anybody did in, in the initial stage. Mm. But we delve deeper. We find the why. We also go and find out things like, you know, the, the details of why something works, why something don't work. Mm. And we refine from there. Mm. And all this takes time. And if, if someone were to jump from A to B, B to C, C to D, they wouldn't have this kind of depth in terms of the understanding and mm. the mastery. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so... So depth instead of breath. Yes. Depth instead of breath. Build Master deep. of one. Build deep. <laughs> yes. Build deep. Very, very good. There's so much wisdom in there, right? Build deep, right? The deeper you build, the stronger your foundations. Yes, definitely. Right? The deeper you build, the stronger your foundations. Very, very good. Very good. I, I love it. I love it. I think that's very, very sound advice, right? For uh, the grasshoppers out there. <laughs> uh, build deep, right? Dig deeper, right? So your foundations are stronger. I think yeah. that's very, very important. Thank you for sharing that, man. You know, Thanks. and I really believe that as well, right? Like, you know, you know, uh, recently I saw this movie, right? Mm. Which really has been like, I've been dreaming about it every night, bro. I watched a movie called Dumb Money. Okay. Right? You, you know Dumb Money? Yep. Right? So the story of uh, GameStop, right? Okay. And uh, this guy called uh, Roaring Kitty. Okay. Right? And, and basically, like, how he built his entire thesis behind... Uh, GME and why you know that was mm. a crazy stuff in 2021 yeah, right? like you know it was kind of crazy but it was insane bro like you know when you actually study the insights of this guy mm. this Ryan Kitty guy like he really built that depth you know right yeah. like he, he was so confident to say that nobody knows this stock better than I do mm. I've analysed every angle I've analysed every possibility the yeah. conviction was solid bro yes right the conviction was really really there it's like you know how do you know this stock so well like dude I put in so much work into this yes. one thing I've built that depth and that's the reason why I know yeah right so yeah bro you know really uh, uh, amazing story the dude you know turned like what is $50,000 into a couple of you know $30, $40 million, yes. something like that, bro. Yes. Right? Crazy, crazy story, crazy. right? But again, you know, the story behind depth, mm. right? How much are you building deep, right? Yes. And if your depth is not there, mm. you're, you are easily shaken, bro. Yeah. Correct, not? Definitely. Because right? if your roots are not there, then, wow, you, one wind blow, hey, fly away, you <laughs> Paper hands. Paper hands, bro, <laughs> right? Absolutely, yes. right? So the roots need to be there so that you can stand strong. Yep. amidst the storm and everything, right? So that's very, very important. You know, again, investing trading is such an exciting journey. So many things to learn and discover. Yep. Right, Jay, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, make sure you like it. You know, I love JJ. Uh, how can people find out about you? Where can they look you up and stuff? Um, you can check out my website, swimtrading.com. Okay. Yeah, so everything else is there. How they yep. can connect with me on social. All the links are there as well. Fantastic. Swimtrading.com, guys. Check him out. Absolutely amazing guy. I'm very, very blessed to have him as a friend. And I hope you guys go and follow him on his journey too. Take care, guys. Till next time on the Modern Wealth Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.